This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code SWN20 for that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I'm your host as always, Billy. Hopefully with a decent voice, because the last thing I recorded was uh, some sort of Discovery Wrestling preview where I seem to have uh, my balls have no longer dropped. They went back into my body because I had a cold. <laughs> I am joined on this edition for something that something a, bit, a little bit different because I have no idea what we're going to really get into uh, other than possibly a match card somewhere in the long line. It is Andrew, Andrew Crammond from bleeding gums wrestling they've got a show coming thanks, up thanks Welcome to the show. yeah thank you it's a pleasure to be here thanks for asking me to be on so yeah we'll, we'll talk about death matches and get into all that i know if anyone's listened to anything that i've done in the past they'll know that i'm not really a death match boy i'm a i'm a big i'm i'm basically give me a, a, a story a, a big laughy story of silly characters with no blood i'm all i'm all in kind of thing so this is gonna be an education for me uh, as well as an education, hopefully, for people that are listening. So yeah. be- before we get into your backstory, we'll just plug the show, just in case people yeah. listen to this and go, oh, I don't want to hear Billy cringe his way through a, a podcast about stuff he doesn't know about. Um, <laughs> so we've got the ultra-violence referendum on the 18th of November 2023, taking place at the Section Room in Summerhall, Edinburgh. There is yep. a big match card of death matches, and not just death matches. There is also other other stuff on the show, a variety of shows so just for the quick sell where do you get tickets and then we'll move on to finding out a bit more about yourself so uh, i could um the best thing for anybody who wants to get anything to do with bleeding guns socials tickets merchandise anything and um, we've got a website www.bleedinggumswrestling.co.uk that has links to everything uh, i'll have all the tickets there we've got ga tickets we've got vip tickets uh, for 35 quid ga's 25 um, we've also got student discounts as well for because it's in a massive student area, which I think will be pretty good. That's actually worked quite well. Um, but VIP, basically, we've got a few of them left. You come in, you get a seat, which is amazing. But getting a seat, a poster, you're in early, and you get pictures um, with all the guys because um, it's a lot of the guys' first time ever sort of being here. So, yeah, the best time for get tickets or anything to do with us is uh, bleedinggumswrestling.co.uk. Perfect. That's fine. So there, there's the first plug of the of the recording uh we'll we'll go on to find out more about yourself though so this is your first event is this your first promoted event that you're doing uh, yeah. just in general not just under the bleeding gums banner um in general it'll be the first time i've been running anything and the last since covid um i've been down south maybe like sometimes two three times in a month <laughs> to go and see how wrestling usually with uh tnt kumite or rise uh, down south and like leeds and hull and liverpool but through meeting people like that, I've been working backstage, mainly on the weapons building side of things, taping up light tubes and putting barbed wire to doors and things like that. So I've been doing that for like a long time and made a lot of connections with people like um, Big Joe, Michael Caden and stuff like that. And I was just basically like, you know what, I'll do it up here. Why not? I've got I've got the connections um, I think I'd, it would sell quite well, which has been going quite well so far. But there's nothing like that here. Um, so I just thought, fuck it, <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give it a go, and uh, if it's a dismal failure, then it's on me. But I wanted to at least try it. 
Um, because I've got a fair sort of it's my first promoted show myself, but I've helped out a lot with backstage stuff and setting up things and everything. So just give it a go on my own, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, ICW have no longer that kind of product, but that's probably the last kind of time you would have had a, a, a more extreme version of wrestling uh, regularly yeah. in Scotland, yeah. and, that, and that was what, a good two, three years ago. That since they've kind of they've moved away from that kind of branding. I think that ICW is obviously they've done death matches and they've done King of Insanity and everything here. Um, but I think that's not been their MO, even when they have had them. They've not been like, we are purposefully doing... They've had over-18s content, but it's not been over-18s deathmatch stuff. Like, they wouldn't mm -hmm. promote themselves as that. Um, so I think that this is the first time there's ever been anything like this um, in Scotland, aside from obviously King of Insanity and stuff like that, but there's never been a full show. Aside from... There was like a tournament many, many moons ago in ICW, but that wasn't technically a deathmatch tournament. That was, like, you know, a kendo stick match. Like, it, they weren't like, you know, light tubes. and there, there was stuff in that, but there's not been anything like this, I'd say. Right. Yeah. So let's go back to the start then for yourself. So how did you get into wrestling? What, what was the, the moment that you watched and thought, you know, I, I like this, so I'm going to keep watching it? Oh, God. Um, I spoke this on another podcast. The first ever match I ever saw... This is I don't ask me why it was this. It was on VHS. My dad tape traded with a guy who lived across the street. And it was Rey Mysterio and 911 versus the Eliminators in ECW in 1996. That was the first ever match I ever saw. And uh, I just got hooked. And then I, I obviously watched ECW at a very, very young age. Probably too young to be watching ECW. But then it was into like WWF 1998 when it was wrestling was the biggest thing in the world. Uh, it seemed to be when you were a kid. Um, and I was just hooked. I was hooked from buying all the figures, watching all the shows when I could watch them. My dad let me stay up to watch Raw, like, live before school and everything. Yeah, I was just, I was hooked. But it was, yeah, 1996 was the first time I ever saw anything. No, nothing makes more sense than you doing a deathmatch show when your first exposure to wrestling is ECW. Even though it's, <laughs> it's Rey Mysterio, so it's probably a bit more Lucha stuff and all that, but you've got 911 who would just throw people into one, things. Yeah. Uh, and Eliminators, <laughs> much the same. But like I'd seen, I'd seen obviously the figures. Like I had like the wrestling figures, and I'd seen them, and I was always curious as to what it was. But like my mum was quite strict, and was like, "No, no, we're not watching any of that sort of crap in the house." But then my dad's got me introduced to it. But yeah, ECW. So it's his his fault. Uh, so, so from so from there, then you remember what your first action figure was? I've still got them. I've still oh, got wow. them. They're not not in box. I, I would. I don't. Um, I've got some stuff in box. I would think. Fucking hell. It was like a... It would have been the last one I can remember. It was like a really, really crappy Vince McMahon. But he's wearing, he's, he's wearing like a vest in black. I think it was this match they had against Austin. Oh, was it the one where it's like bone crunching at the top and then it's like hard yeah. plastic for the legs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if that I remember was that first figure, but that's the oldest one I've got that like I actually bought when it was like uh, brand new, yeah. I, I remember them. There were like there was like autograph series ones, and it was like that. And it had had Vince McMahon's autograph yeah, on the leg. Terrible. You couldn't do anything with them. You couldn't like actually do any moves with them. But like they were awful. But yeah, yeah, it had like a signature on the front. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I remember. I remember that. All right. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll we'll move on. But I remember that series because um, there was a Triple H one. My friend had a Triple H one. I had the I had the Vince McMahon, but I used it as Shane McMahon because by that point I had the Titan Tron, so I had the yeah, yeah. gray suit, which kind of what he looks like now, but with a mustache. 
drawn on. I think I actually like him. I think he looks cool as moustache. I think it it, look, it makes him look like more evil and sinister than like I think oh, yeah. he wants to himself. <laughs> I think I quite like it. It's, it's like uh, like Dick Dastardly or something from the fucking wacky races. It's like he's moved into going. Oh, everyone thinks I'm a villain. I'm going to look like a villain now. That's yeah. just, why not? I, I like, um, it. I like it. My, my first one was Draws. My first ah, one. Oh, okay, okay. Kind of the same series because it started the bone crunching stuff, but everything yeah. could bone crunch from the legs down and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that Shamrock and Gold Dust. I got the same holiday. First figures. I mean, I've still got like all the. They're still in my mum's attic in a big black bag. But I've got because of me, like in ECW, and then when all these guys came to the WWF, like I've got like the Just Incredible and Stevie Richards, like right to censor. Like who who would actually buy that? But like I was like, oh, I like Stevie Richards. I'll, like I always got these figures like of random people. So I don't know. Maybe some of them are worth money, but they're all out of box anyway. That's it. Well, nowadays I'm I'm. I'm... I'm 33 and I should be a grown up, he says, with with a bunch of toys in the background. Um, to those in audio listeners, it is is Funko Pops, just in case you think it's anything weird. Uh, but yeah, even now I'm looking look on Smiths and go, oh, there's a gnome dar. It's five pounds. Oh, kind of want it because you know I do a Scotch podcast. I should get a gnome dar if I can. Yeah, you know, exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't think you ever grow out of that. If you if you like action figures, growing up, is what what I you think have to show everybody's. I can't remember who described it to me, but it was somebody said, like, everybody's got their own stupid thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's figures or football or wrestling or whatever. Everybody's got their own stupid thing. So if it makes somebody, like, happy to do it, then fuck it, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my always thought is, as long as it's not drugs. Yeah, exactly. That's a fair good point. Yeah, yeah. It could be worse. If, if anyone, if a, if a mother-in-law or something goes, oh, you've got lots of, you've got lots of toys and, and kids' toys, like, at least it's not drugs. So let's just move on. <laughs> so, it's it's yeah. always it's safer. Um, so from that point then, ECW into Atchidera, um, did you ever have a, a drop off, or were you always finding something to keep your wrestling investment? Uh, I mean, when all my friends dropped out of wrestling, I'm the same age as you. I'm 33, so all my friends dropped out of wrestling when wrestling wasn't popular anymore. Uh, around about the invasion, um, I kept watching. A lot of my friends now who are lapsed fans that have now got back into like my best mate Larry. He's now. He watches Raw every week. He watches AEW. I mean, him went to... Uh, were you All In as well? I wasn't. No, I don't watch AEW. Like, no. He, he, he forced me to go to All In. I didn't want to go. It was, uh, the, the seats were terrible, by the way. But, but um, for me, from then, I was like 2005, 2006 and stuff. I was like the only person I knew that was watching wrestling. This was back when like fucking the Highlanders and the Heartthrobs and that were wrestling on heat. And I was like, I was, I, I, I've never stopped. I, I've dropped out of WWE F say like 2009-10 and then that's when I got straight into all, all the indie, I'd still watch indie stuff but like uh, this is when Deathmatch Wrestling sort of consumed my life <laughs> from when I got to like about 17 or 18. Right, we'll definitely get into it's that. A beer, by the way. It's a San Pellegrino if anybody thinks I'm drinking a beer. Well, this will come out after five uh, so it's all good, it'll be, uh, it'll be we won't be judged uh, upon, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, I was the same yeah, I still watched. Um, we've had we've had Rory McAllister on the podcast in the past, which I was so excited. Like everyone, it, it we didn't do. I thought, oh, this is going to be the one that's going to blow up and everything. Did okay, but I was like, yeah. that's amazing. I got Rory McAllister. I got one of the Spirit Squad because that. Oh, is, that's cool. I love I've, that kind I've, of. I went back and listened to the Spirit Squad one, but I'm not listening to Rory McAllister. I need to listen to that. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm endeavouring. I want to get Robbie. I've I've messaged him a couple of times. I'm getting Robbie McAllister at some point. I need I need him. I need them to complete. Do they still wrestle? Yeah, he still wrestles in Canada. 
All right, okay, fair enough. Uh, and uh, I mean, if you wanted to do, a, if this show goes well and you want to do a second one, Rory still wanted to do to do one final tour of Scotland. So you know. Oh God, I mean that. that I'm just trying to think, who would have him? Who would have him wrestle? <laughs> oh God, everyone. Battle everyone, yeah, <laughs> everybody gets McAllister. Who everyone gets turned up in TNA? That I'm was Robbie. That was. <laughs> I'm oh, sure you brought that. So that's that's. The, yeah, I, did, I did bring it up in the podcast, but that's also why I want Robbie. Even though he's probably mentioned it a million times. Anyway, this isn't a podcast. That's about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get into deathmatch wrestling? So we know you liked ECW growing up, actually. So that there always was going to be a foundation of the more extreme side to wrestling. But um, how did you find was, out Deathmatch? The guy stayed across the street with tape trade my dad. He, my dad would give him weird shit, like random CDs. And like, he had like a kid that wanted like CDs. My dad would get him stuff from America. So, but anyway, he gave my dad a VHS tape and it was the best of CZW and the best of IWB Mid-South from 99 and 2001. And uh, 2000, 2001. And uh, the first match I ever saw was a House of Horrors Deathmatch with Corporal Robinson against Mean Mitch Page light tubes hanging from the ceiling and I was fucking blown away I was like what is this how is this legal these are lights this is glass and it was in a building of like 18 people I was like I love this and uh, from that VHS tape that I've still got I just went felt this would have been I would have been 12 and from then I was like this is different there's nothing like it um and I just fell in love with it and uh, CZW and IWA Mid-South from that point on, I mean, both them now, IWA's dead, but CZW's not the same. They've got Tournament of Death this coming Saturday. Um, but yeah, I just, I've, I've never stopped. I've just, I love the violence and I love the sort of um, underground cult nature of it where a lot of people hate it and I quite like that. <laughs> so are you always into like horror and gore and stuff like that? that... Oh yeah. Yeah, so is that just because when you're saying you're 12 and you're watching this and loving it, so I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming there is there's a little bit it's, of a, uh, a B movie gore my, kind of film that you like. My, my, my dad, it's my dad's fault. I'll, I'll blame my dad for all of this. My dad was showed me like The Shining and The Exorcist and it and things like that when I was like 10. So like I'd always kind of had like a probably like a warped sense for watching. Like I still love horror movies now, but yeah, when I was younger and then I got into all this stuff, probably a lot younger than most people should feasibly get into them. But yeah, it changed my life, to be honest, watching Deathmatch Wrestling, and it's something that I've never stopped watching. And was it anything live? That you, when was your first kind of live experience? Was that years later? Of course, you you would have had to be over 18, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, so there's a good good period between you been watching it and going to see it. I think the first live actual show I went to, because at this point I didn't know there was Deathmatch Wrestling in the UK uh, until I saw Big Joe at Tournament of Death. Um, the first live Deathmatch show I went to is I flew to Atlantic City to go and see GCW's Tournament of Survival 4. But before then, it would just been watching it because the, I didn't know you could have stuff in the UK. Uh, like Rise and TNT, who were still were running Deathmatches at that point, they were still sort of in their infancy of doing that for DOA and things like that. Um, but I didn't know. I was like, there's nothing in the UK, so I need to travel for it. So that was 2018. But I'd been watching stuff religiously, live pay-per-views and everything since since before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any guys that initially took your took your took notice of in your first? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Gage uh, is my favorite wrestler of all time. 
Um, seeing him in AEW against Chris Jericho on live TV with light tubes and everything was a tear at my eye, so it did. Uh, but yeah, Nick Gage was a sort of introduction to me. Uh, There's a lot, a lot of guys who were doing it, like Zandig and things like that at the time, um, who have now since retired or they've moved on from wrestling or they've died. Not because of wrestling injuries, but because of, like a lot of wrestlers back from those days, a lot of it's to do with drugs mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of people have died far too soon in wrestling. It's been the same case in deathmatch wrestling as well. But yeah, Nick Gage was certainly somebody who, who I still love. <laughs> There's some like I've heard of Zandig. Zandig is is mainly because of the the botchamania uh, the meme. Yeah. meme. Yeah, that's that's how I've heard of Zandig. I, I knew of CCW because it was on um was on Wrestling Channel for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As well, so there's all stuff I've kind of heard of, but not really taken into because it's yeah, it's not something that I've particularly went. I need to see people bleed. It's just not. It's not my my kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, which it's just fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. It's it's not it's not for everybody. Zandig. There's Zandig's Tournament of Death, which is arguably probably one of the bigger tournaments in the world for deathmatch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most famous thing he probably ever did was he did a mother effing bomb, which is a sort of gorilla press slam to sick Nick Mondo off a 25-foot roof through a light tube log cabin and all these tables outside. It's, it's, it's probably like, he did one with Joey Janelle recently as well, where he, they jump off a roof into the back of a car with boards on fire and everything. So yeah, Zandig's a sort of living legend. He's, he still does appearances occasionally, but yeah, it wasn't the wrestling channel. I'm surprised <laughs> when you watched that. They had, there was like a bloody, they had a bloody hour or something that was on quite late on the wrestling channel, and it I think was, it was like, like after ten or something, ten or yeah. eleven. Yeah, I used to love the wrestling channel, and then it just kind of died, and I was quite upset. <laughs> oh, I I loved it for I got to see TNA. I love TNA, and and you got to, and I got to see things like like uh, Turning Point 2004, Elix Skippers. Um, Cage walk, and I have. I, st- I think I still have it on tape somewhere. Um, <laughs> I still have it on DVD as well somewhere. But yeah, it's 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 uh, in a I personal got, collection. I was really into watching like Japanese, like all Japan women's wrestling when the wrestling channel was on. My dad would watch that, and it was like the best thing ever because they would like beat the shite out of each other. And uh, watching you, you got like Noah was on the wrestling channel. You got FWA, yeah, uh, One PW, who are now dead once again. again. Um, <laughs> They were on the wrestling channel, but yeah, wrestling channel was a big thing, and they, they, they even showed Cage of Death Seven live on the wrestling channel for CZW, which was amazing at the time. I remember that, and it might be maybe like the day after or something, but I think it was like relatively soon. I was like, "Holy shit, I can actually watch a CZW thing and not have to like buy a tape or buy a DVD and have to wait like four weeks for it to arrive." But yeah, the wrestling channel was great. I know, I, I love it. I, I don't think I mean, now, now with the age of streaming, you can just go into YouTube and watch anything you want. But I, I think it was, it was so cool for for that for finding out more about other wrestling and uh like you say but that's that's how i I got into tna and it was it was well worth it for especially seeing their 1000 show coming up and seeing shark boy and all that kind of thing i was like, <laughs> love it are you going to the, the glasgow one uh unfortunately i'm not but but uh, this will go out just beforehand we will have someone on site to do hopefully some okay. reviews and I'm potentially gonna go potentially gonna go but like the only thing that was like i was like Ugh, i don't really want to go like i wasn't that interested and i was like oh rhino i was like rhino's there i was like i'm buying a ticket i'm gonna go and see rhino <laughs> that's fine um but it looks mental but then the one that's the day after is the pay-per-view i think and newcastle isn't it um turning uh turning point with yeah, turning point is the pay-per-view in newcastle um so yeah but the glasgow one's where is it it's at the, the old two academy i think uh yeah yeah it's yeah but I, I was I was I was looking at it and, and 
you know, I've got, I've got one year old, so I, money is tight as it is. So I've, I've, I've got to pick and choose where I go now. So it's, uh, I thought, no, I've got um, a wrestle zone like the week after, and then I've got a WCL the day after that. So I'm like, no, that's, yeah. that's my two shows for the October. I don't think I can get away with uh, taking <laughs> a jolly down to, to Glasgow as well, just to. Oh no, no, I totally agree. I mean, to be fair, I've not, I've still not actually bought a ticket for it yet. <laughs> so by the time I actually get round to it, it might have like actually sold out. But I'd quite like to go just to see Rhino. But it, it's kind of cool that they're doing this little mini tour. But I think obviously a lot of this, it's probably planned in advance, but a lot of this is British wrestling's massive now. Mm -hmm. Having AEW and Wembley and WWE doing money in the bank and John Cena coming out and saying they're wanting to do mania here and stuff like that. Like, yeah, British wrestling's huge just now. It's 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 a it's a boom again, but different kind of boom. Because back in what, 2014, 15, when like ICW had its proper big explosion, yeah. they had the Fight Club documentary and stuff like that. Um, that was like a good boom period for maybe indie fans. They got to see all yeah. these new people. But now it's a different boom where all the Americans and all the uh, US companies would come over and go, I want a piece of this pie as well. Uh, <laughs> so you got like you got your GCW. Leave them dry, yeah. Yeah, Leave exactly. Leave them dry over money. Like when, when we were sitting at um, All In, uh, they announced it for next year. And I just went, <sighs> I was like, we're going to have to go. Like <laughs> it's more money. Like, I don't know. That's, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I, I, I'm not. Like, I don't watch AEW. It's just it, whatever it is. When I watch the product, it just feels like it, it's, it's. I don't know how to describe it, but like sarcastic, and it just feels like yeah. it's just a constant going. Oh, look what we're doing, kind of thing. Going, just get on with it. It's, Come on. It's very like insidery. Yeah. Break, breaking the fourth wall. There is some fantastic wrestling on it, and you mm -hmm. do get. Um, but I mean, they just fucking got edge. Yes. Last week. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then I don't know, it's it's even that isn't enough to make me watch the product. Mm -hmm. Um for WWE and AEW, I'm completely off topic here, but WWE and AEW, I only watch them if I'm at them live or if I'm at my mate's house. I'm like if uh, say there's like the rumbles on or survivor series, oh, yeah. we all go to a friend's house and we all have a drink and we all watch it. That's when I watch it. I don't watch it every week because there's so much fucking indie wrestling to watch that I don't yeah. see the point. Really. To be honest, I can probably watch anything I need to watch through a two-minute video on Twitter when I scroll through it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll yes. do me. I used to watch all the pay-per-views live, uh, all the WWE ones anyway, but just I after after um this my wee bundle of joy arrived, uh, I I can't I can't stay up to watch them. And if I don't watch it yeah, live, exactly. I'm not I, I'm not going to find time to watch it because between do my actual real what pays me job doing yes. this and trying to to spend quality time and all that kind of stuff i don't have any minutes to spare to sit down for three four hours to watch wrestling that's just exactly and it's and it's on every night literally watch every night and you're like i can't find time to do this but it's the sort of thing where even gcw who are huge now uh they've got a show on like eight days a week and i'm like who who has time to, to watch this which is where I quite like um, going back to like CZW and IW Mid South. They would run one show a month, and I think that's a sweet, uh, sweet spot for um, an independent company and for fans. I think the one show a month or one show every couple of months is like perfect because like there's like you're saying, if you've got kids and you've got a full time job and you've got various other like you don't just don't have time to watch all this wrestling. Yeah, I mean, for me, want. for me at least, it's it's one ticket. I'm going over to Aberdeen or wherever. But if if you've got kids, like you're saying, that's what forty quid minimum 
to go yeah. to a show and then they'll want to obviously they'll want food or they'll want merch while they're there they'll want to hang about there's got to be a raffle of course <laughs> is there gonna be a raffle at, at uh ultraviolet i was i was gonna um i, I might do because i've actually got things to raffle now but i was purposely going to get uh, the ring announcer um i'll just drop this on a, a spoiler uh, the ring announcer is santiago who is a guy from down south who used to announce Rise. He's not done ring announcing for about three years now, but he's doing he's doing us a favour and he's coming up um, doing the show, so that'll be cool. But I was going to get Santiago to announce that there is not a raffle, just to make myself laugh, but there actually probably is going to be a raffle now. But but yeah, but it has to be a raffle and then and then the snacks and all that kind of stuff. And they'll want to stay behind to see the wrestlers, so you've got to stand in the queue for that. And it's, it's a long day, I assume. I haven't had to go through it yet, but it's... it's it's gonna be. It's a long day, uh, to an expensive. If and, and if there's running shows like you're saying, eight days a week, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Jesus, how there's a cost of living crisis. <laughs> you know? that's, that's why I don't understand. You see a lot of these people. I mean, it's more so like WWE shows and that. But you see a lot of the guys, and you're like, how the fuck are you at all these shows? What do you do for a living that you manage to travel around the country and go to all these shows? But I don't know. Which, which, which building did you fall off by accident? Uh, <laughs> yeah. there has to be a bit of that there has to be some sort of scam or money laundering scheme that's going on that they've managed to get to all these shows but for them. oh yeah i mean if, if if you want to go to every show wearing the same t-shirt so you can get recognized shows i mean go for it you know it's your money exactly <laughs> and uh, you can't judge people want to do that um right so we're we got off topic and i've got back to podcasting that's how we'll we'll, we'll slam back into it so, so before Ultraviolence Referendum was a thing, you took up a little bit of podcasting. Uh, you, you did, at first, I was having a wee scroll through, it was more gameplays, yeah. and you did a little bit of, of, of post-show, react, during-show reactions, stuff like that. Uh, what kind of made you pursue that? Was that just a way to be in the business, uh, not in the business? What was your kind of thought? Uh, COVID. That was, ah. and people are going to hate me for saying this, COVID was one of the best times in recorded history for me because I was being paid 100% of my wages to sit in my house and my best friend stays across the street and we were getting hammered every single day. Um, and I was being paid full money. And eventually, once you get so bored of that, I was like, right, what can I do? Because it was a sort of point where it made me want to be creative, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I started doing those reaction things and then I started doing music video things where I'd put wrestling, GCW and deathmatch stuff with like music that I liked. Because a lot of the times, if you watch these little music highlight videos, the music in them is fucking terrible. It's all like death metal, like screamo, like stuff. I, not not for me, not for me. Um, and then I did that, and they were some of them were getting like twenty thousand views, fifteen thousand views, and everything. I was like, oh, all right. But then now I've looked back on it, you can't make any money off of that <laughs> because it's all because it's all copyright because the music. Um, and I thought I was like, oh, people seem to like these, and I was like, all oh, right, it's just because it's free. That's why people are watching them. But then, from then, I was like, I like deathmatch wrestling. I'll do like a deathmatch weekly roundup thing or every couple of weeks. And then uh, that just sort of took a life of its own and that done quite well. Um, and I've not done, I've done 50 episodes of that. And uh, yeah, it just COVID. COVID sort of made me think, fuck it. I want to try and get involved in wrestling. And that's before then was when I started going to like Rise and TNT and Committee and stuff. And yeah. Uh, just wanting to be involved in wrestling. I've never ever wanted to wrestle, but I've always wanted to be involved in behind the scenes uh, to do with wrestling. So, I mean, I've sort of forced my hand now to, to run to run my own thing up here. 
but yeah, it was COVID. I think COVID was excellent for people. It was obviously shit for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. um, but it was terrible for a lot of people. But I mean, for me, creatively, it was like probably one of the best things that's happened. See, I think we're we're both sides or two sides of the same coin here because I I was the same. Yeah, after I had my niche, which is Scottish wrestling, your niche is deathmatch wrestling, and yeah, mm. the the pandemic came around, and for me, it was I don't have any shows to write about or do. So you know what? Who's free? I'll see if I can get someone to speak to me. <laughs> And and that was it. And we're I think we're barreling towards with, with things like on location bits and stuff like that, two hundred and fifty episodes. So it's yeah. it's it's absolutely insane. And I know I mean I'm not making money from it. Oh, about Patreon, Patreon cash, but uh, it's mm. it's just it keeps keeps you sane, doesn't it? This kind of thing where where you get to be that creative and you do it because that. you love it. You do it because you love it, man. And uh, that's amazing. Two hundred and fifty, like nearly two hundred and fifty episodes. I just stopped doing it because I was far too busy. And it would get to the point where I'd do one once a month. <clears throat> and then I'd have to sit there with a pen and paper and watch 14 shows in a row. And I was like, right. I was like, this isn't fun. <laughs> like, yeah, it comes I, a job. I'd, I'd leave it so long that I was like, right, I've got so much to catch up with. <clears throat> and there'd be like tournaments and shows in Japan and I'd cover Japan and Mexico and everything. And then I would get to it and I was like, oh. I, I, it used to be about like half an hour long. And I was like, all right. But then it got to the point where like some episodes were like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was just me sitting talking. Like, um, I'm hopefully wanting to do something soon with one of my mates where we're going to do a similar thing uh, on Spotify or whatever. But it's going to be two of us. So it's not just me shouting yeah. <laughs> for like uh, where there's somebody to like actually respond back to. Because like just shouting yourself is a thankless task, even if people like it. Um, for yourself, like fourteen shows in the space of like two days to sit and watch them, it's agonizing. <laughs> no, and eventually, by by show twelve, you're going so and so is beaten so and so, so and so did this, and and yeah, I I do a couple solo stuff. But I try to try to make sure, or, or with agreements from promotions, to put splice in their video footage, so it means it breaks, ah, yeah. up, it breaks up me speaking. At least it breaks up the sound, and they can have a promo put in there and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's no, idea. yeah, podcasting is not. It, it's it's fun in respect of you get to do something creative, but yeah, that that side of things where you look at, listen back or well, I don't listen to my, my own own voice, but I listen back to it and go, Christ, you you've spoken for forty five minutes here and you said nothing. <laughs> this is this is boring. <laughs> but yeah, people yeah. and then people come up to you and go, Oh, that was a great show you did there. That was amazing when you spoke about this. I'm like, was it? Because I bored <laughs> myself to tears there for a moment. <laughs> that was the same thing. Like people would message me, they're like, When's the next one coming out? When's the next one coming out? And I'm like. Suppose I'll do it next week, and then you've got to find time to set a, set aside and do it. Then you've got to edit it because I would edit it with all the graphics and like little promos and video things in the, on the side, and uh, it was fine. But it was just like that would be recording it and doing all that. That's like a full day, mm-hmm. and like I'd be sitting on the PC and my missus would be like, "She's like, why is this?" T-? I was like, "Because it takes time to find all the graphics and do everything." But hopefully, I'll get back to doing it um, with my mate and do it on Spotify. Which I think would be easier because then it's just you don't even have to see anything. Yeah. But which is how I usually listen to podcasts now. Um, is just listening to it on my way to work as opposed to actually sitting watching it. That that makes all sense in the world. And when you when you watch this particular episode on YouTube, you'll see that we have none of that. Uh, we've got intro, <laughs> outro, this bit in the middle. That is all I'm doing because I use a a laptop that's about twenty years old and Windows Movie Maker, which is probably older than that. 
So I, I am not editing any more than I have to. Because that's it. People like Spotify and, and and listen to an Apple podcast and you know, you do all that effort like you're doing finding all the graphics and that, and people are just gonna listen to it in their ears and not watch it. Yeah, you're like why why did I bother stressing myself looking for a particular graphic? Um so yeah, you say in fourteen shows, so Deathmatch Wrestling has kinda exploded again. Because it was quite a big thing back in way back when Terry Funk, Cactus Jack, all that kind of stuff, and and it's kind of exploded again. And for me, as an outsider who's not in that kind of bubble at all, it kind of exploded again when when Mark Cardona started visiting GCW. <laughs> I love so, Mark. Oh, I'm just so, sorry to interrupt you there, but like right. when he was in WWE, I fucking hated Zack Ryder. Not in the not in a like not. In, I just thought I was like, I don't get it. I don't find him entertaining. I don't find him funny. I think he's boring. But then when he came on the Indies, he had probably one of the best death matches of the year against Nick Gage and won the belt. And the crowd was pelting the ring with bottles and cans and the hatred for him. It was excellent. I love Matt Cardona now. Um, yes, I think a lot of it was to do with COVID as well because all the shows obviously yet of the, what are they called? Social distancing. Yeah. But GCW and... Um, IW, sorry, ICW Nolds Bard were running just in like fields and like in barns and outside, and no one else was running shows apart from like the Thunderdome and uh, where did AEW run it? Daily's uh, place. Daily's place, yeah. But like apart from that, like GCW and ICW Nolds Bard were still running shows during COVID and <clears throat> and they were outside and everything. And uh, it was huge, yeah, it just exploded. And then obviously Matt Cardona's brought like a huge big thing to it. Uh, that was one of the best moments. <laughs> one of the best moments of that year was him beating Gage for that belt. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's something different. Um, a lot of people still hate it. It's garbage wrestling and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But for the amount of like GCW is probably one of the biggest independent companies in the world, and they wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for Deathmatch Wrestling. So there's certainly an audience for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't watch Ring of Honor either, and I knew there was a, a big following of it, but they wanted to see wrestling whereas like I'm, I'm a big silly character i'm a wwe that wwe style is my kind of bread yeah. and butter style so so i knew and it's, it's weird nowadays where we do have that kind of well not even nowadays it was still way back in during monday night wars and all that there was this all this tribalistic nature of of wrestling and i'm, I'm sitting there just going yeah i don't like it so i'm not going to watch it you watch it i don't care you go for it i don't I you ever go on the worst thing to do with your free time is to ever read Facebook like AEW or WWE like Facebook group posts mm-hmm. or if somebody puts up a picture of like Edge all the comments and you're just like fucking hell like just don't watch it yeah. just be, be happy like go and do something with your days the tribalism in wrestling I, I don't think I've ever seen that in any other sort of like sport or entertainment yeah. for things it's it's mental for wrestling yeah it's strange when I mean, you get you get a little bit in football uh i suppose again oh, not, yeah, some, yeah. not something i'm I'm in and about but uh but yeah you see it like on loyalty and all that passion and you think they're getting paid they're safe they're <laughs> they're they're doing a job it's like i work in insurance which is uh, mm-hmm. usually a, a, a conversation killer but it's it's like me going to another broker and just working there, and then people at my my old job just going, oh, he wasn't loyal. How dare he? <laughs> They've got like, your face up and thrown darts at because you've left to go and. Do- that's it. It's like grow up, guys. Let's just yeah. watch it for or someone going from EastEnders to Coronation Street. You know, it's it's who cares? Who gives a shit? Just watch the shows <laughs> if you like them. What was it? 
I read a comment today about Edge, and it was something along the lines of disgusting. He should have been in WWE for life. I was like, who are you to tell anyone else what to do with their free time or their money? Like, fuck off. But it's it's the same with deathmatch wrestling. There's tribalism and deathmatch Facebook groups are a strange. The deathmatch UK group. If anybody wants to join that, the guy that runs that, Sam's fucking great. I love Sam to death. Uh, but a lot of the American deathmatch groups, the amount of hatred that these deathmatches are like a niche of a niche of a niche. Mm-hmm. And loads and loads of these people just hate each other. <laughs> it's quite bizarre to see for like companies like XPW, XPW fans hate ICW and Old Bard and they hate them. But, and you're like, fucking hell. Like there's maybe only about like 300 like proper hardcore fans and they're all going to go to all the shows anyway. So I just don't understand it. It's it's the, the Willie... Uh, Grace Cooper Willie meme, isn't it? Uh, Scotland ruined it for the Scottish ruined it for Scotland, and all that kind of stuff. That's that's how it feels like. We're we're going. Oh, we hate, we hate them. We hate them. Oh, we hate them as well. Oh, we just hate everyone. That's that's just how it, it ends up being. But I don't I don't get it. It's, it's yeah. Twitter is the same, or X, or whatever it's called. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got the only I hate social media. <laughs> like my Facebook and my Instagram is just wrestling. Like, I've got my friends from school on it and stuff, but, like, I, if I speak to, like, my actual, like, quote-unquote, the real-life people that aren't in wrestling, I speak to them on WhatsApp, but everything else, all the other social media, X as well, is just for wrestling. So mm-hmm. I kind of get consumed by it any time I go on any social media because it's just wrestling constantly. Yeah, that's, that's it. And, and people replying going, oh, 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 they should be doing this. And you're just like, well, they haven't. Move on. Right. Okay, <laughs> so, right. For, for someone who's who's... Watched wrestling for since what ninety eight for twenty five years. I'm very jaded about wrestling itself. Oh yeah, I, I hate wrestling. <laughs> I said, oh. I, said I, I mean, I don't like. I it's, it's that's the thing. It's like I love wrestling. Like wrestling's like to me, aside from like my missus and my cat, is like the most important thing in like my life. Um, but at the same time, I hate wrestling, and I hate a lot of aspects of wrestling. But uh, yeah, it's one of these things that I want it to be. For myself like i want it to be better and i want everything to be and it is it's, things are getting better from what they were like a couple of years ago um but yeah there is like it's a lot of the fans that are you're just like jesus christ like just shut up <laughs> i know and you don't want you don't want to speak about it in in actual face-to-face because at least on whatsapp you can just close it and then that's it gone but <laughs> yeah. uh but when you go i say oh i went to the wrestling oh i went to the wrestling oh do you watch AEW? oh what are they doing with this and i'm just sitting there just going oh i wish i hadn't, I wish I hadn't mentioned it because i don't yeah, know really enough about this to, to, to go yeah i Age, Google, <laughs> Ace. Uh, anyway, we like wrestling here. Sorry for anyone listening. To things yeah. Otherwise, I, I do enjoy wrestling. I just don't like speaking about it in real life. Mm. Catch me on Twitter. Right. Anyway, so um, you mentioned saying that you work backstage on shows and and all that, and and kind of got a little bit of a. No, actually, let's talk about your your first UK experience. Then you talked about going to Atlanta to see to see Deathmatch Wrestling live. When did you find out? TNT rise. When did you actually find out? You go, oh, I can just jump on a train and we'll I, see fucking. It. I saw Big Joe. I shout to Big Joe, like he is the face of British deathmatch wrestling. Big fucking Joe, uh, the nicest man, the most hardest, like hardest working man in deathmatch wrestling uh, in the UK. Uh, I saw him on a tournament of death. He was against Casanova Valentine, and I was like, who's this? He's wearing like a shirt. He's just in his pants. He's got like a bouncer armband on. And they're like, he's from the UK. And I was like, who's big? Then I found out. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, Rise is a company that's running in the UK and they're doing death. They did a deathmatch tournament. Um, but this was, uh, I think, before before that, I think, or maybe slightly after that. But then I discovered it and I was like, 
there's wrestling in the UK that's got debt. So I was like, right, fuck it. Then I'd start going to Rise um, shortly thereafter. Uh, but yeah, it was just, Rise was the sort of main one. Then TNT started doing death matches with DOA tournament and stuff. They even had um, Jack Jester and stuff went down to DOA. And Jack Jester used to wrestle in Rise, early days Rise in like 2014. But yeah, just from then I was like, holy shit, there's like a, a scene, as everybody likes to call it. There's a death match scene. In, uh, in England, and now there's another company called Kumite who've been running for like two years, and uh, they're lovely guys as well. Um, but yeah, just from Big Joe, Big Joe introduced me to UK Deathmatch Wrestling. I think I can't remember if it was a Deathmatch show, but I remember Jack Jester doing quite a lot of that kind of thing up here as well. Uh, but it, this is just absolute tangent. But uh, there was a show, I think it was some video game related thing where he ended up sitting down and playing SmackDown or something with his opponent, uh, and then. Uh, I don't know how it ended. I think it ended up with someone getting hit with a PlayStation, which broke my heart a little bit because uh, PlayStation OG. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just one of those weird things. So you kind of get that that surrealness with deathmatch wrestling. Not only the blood and all that stuff, but you you do sometimes just sit back and again seeing clips and you're watching it going, is that is that a flip flop with with drawing <laughs> pins on it? Oh, I why is. I'll grab something just now that I made for a show to, to sort of explain how ridiculous it was. I don't know if you're a fan... Two seconds. Grab this. So, um, I don't know if you're a fan of the Alien movies. I know of them. So, so I've got this, which is a full-sized face hugger, but if you can look on it, it's completely covered in thumbtacks. Uh, so, I took so I took this to a show down south. Where this, this is going to make him... Um, uh, uh, a debut in Scotland, I think, uh, for our show. But yeah, stupid things like this is always quite fun. Yeah, but like you're saying, like flip flops and cactuses and dildos. There's all sorts of like crap that people take to deathmatch shows and put barbed wire around them. Uh, inflatable men, uh, pump. Uh, what they call them? Um, pineapples covered in barbed wire and stuff like that. But yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. But then the bloodshed and the violence and stuff. Uh, it's sort of the complete opposite to that. But you mm-hmm. do kind of get like Big Joe's like wrestling in his pants, but then he's also completely covered head to toe in blood. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous and violent at the same time. I said it's like a duality. You have a laugh and go, oh, he's taking out that mask. Oh my God, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's uh, uh, something that, yeah, it's 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 for it's for you guys. Uh, anyway, let's look at the show then. Um, I feel like that I'm listening. To this, I'm watching this or, or or reacting to it, like going, "I don't understand," and I, I don't. But then again, my my favorite bit of wrestling is, as I mentioned many times, but there was a match that I've watched recently where it was a guy in a mask, and his big move was taking out an elongated tag rope so he can make a tag, and I loved that. That's my sort of shit. That was just hilarious. You like, you like the guy wrestling the tent. Oh, I have not. Oh, I've heard about that. Yes, I have heard about. That. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, He's like wrestling what's... a tent. The, the guy that's got the pizza. Yes, that was what I was about to mention. The boy with the pizza. <laughs> that's that's my kind of um, absurdity. That, that that's all in for me. I like, watch it going. Oh my yeah. god, he still got the pizza. Anyway, right. Let's let's properly dive into ultraviolence referendum. Then uh, Saturday, the eighteenth of November, at the dissection room in Summerhall, Edinburgh. Um, we've got loads loads on here, and um, and they've got really nice name. Well, violent names. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask about the rules of uh, because I know nothing about them. So for anyone else who needs to know, Eventbrite, you can go find the tickets there. You can go to bleedinggums.co.uk 
Uh, doors open five thirty for VIP, six PM general. Bell time about half six for general as well. Um, all that out the way. So matches announced. So we'll start with we'll start with folks that I, I've definitely heard of, and we'll move our way into the cup. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with the matches that aren't advertised as death matches. Okay, um, okay. Even though I know first one I go uh, I'm speaking about, I know at least one of the guys does like a bit of a a scrap in a death match. Uh, Nathan Black versus Luke King Sharp. A uh, big fan of Luke King Sharp at this end. Yeah. I think um, so. Nathan Black. If anybody doesn't know Nathan Black, is Nathan Black uh, runs the PPW wrestling facility in Sheffield, and uh, they've got some excellent guys. Um, and he's also been in like Rise and things like that. If you've never seen a Nathan Black promo, you're in for a treat. He's a he's an evil, dastardly, horrible prick. <laughs> uh, to put it in a better way, but I think that the match with him and Looking Sharp will be quite funny. Uh, Mike Wise, because they can both cut excellent promos. Lou, Lou's excellent as well. Just at um, Copenhagen last night. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking sharp, somebody that I wanted to get involved with um, because he's somebody that I think would excel in uh, ultra-violent deathmatch type stuff. Then This match won't be a deathmatch, but I think in the future, I think Lou's somebody that I think um, would be excellent and uh, excel in deathmatch wrestling. And he gets to have a promo and a, a match with Nathan Black, who's somebody who's Huge and is also a bit of a prick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Luke King Sharp, of course, did, he did the blood tourist uh, yeah. bit of, of when he was over in Scandinavia getting, getting busted open and bleeding all over the place as well. So it, he's definitely got, yeah, he's definitely got the chops for it, uh, yeah. as, as you're saying. And yeah, he's, he's a guy that I've, I, anytime Luke King Sharp's mentioned or, or put out there, that I, I love the guy. He's, he's five foot four, but if you stand on his network connection, book of little black book connections he's about six foot seven so he's a guy that you want kind of on board as well as first show he's been around a lot a lot of these opponents a lot of the guys on the show are or veterans or at least have have ran shows themselves as well so at least you've got someone to ask advice of as well for your first event i mean just even like a couple weeks ago me and sort of like a, a sort of promotion partnership um, between Bleeding Guns Wrestling and Copenhagen Championship Wrestling to promote each other's shows. Um, because like one of my mates and one of the guys on the show, Lou Nixon, he was one of the, one of the replacements last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Lou's fucking excellent. He's a deathmatch wrestler. He's been over to America and everything as well. Um, so yeah, Lou's one of these people. But a lot of the guys that I've got, and you might notice it yourself, there's there's not that many Scottish people on the card, mm-hmm. which, which people have said. But that's mainly that's because a lot of my connections are from down south. Uh, I've not really been involved in the Scottish wrestling scene like at all. Um, so basically, the people that I've got are the people that I like <laughs> and that I've, that I've seen so far. But I think as we have potentially more shows next year, uh, there'll be a lot more Scottish talent as the more. Because I was at, um, I think you were there, but I didn't get a chance to speak to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the last FCW show. Yeah. I was at the last FPWA show. And I'm potentially going to Discovery in Portobello, I think it is the next one. Yeah, party in Porty, which is like fourth of November, I think it is. So, so I think I'm good. Yeah. I'll be I'll be at that as well. So it's just more discovering people because ninety five percent of the guys are, are English, but it's just because that's all the sort of wrestling I've been around's been English wrestling. Yeah. yeah, looking sharp, excellent. I was about to say, yeah, as as the Scottish scene, were you aware of of, of it a lot? But it sounds like no, it, it's more a case you were going it's, down it's, to, it's, to watch thing like. It's just been because there's not been any death matches up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's right. like like I'll I'm ha- I'll happily go to FCW and things like that. Like I'll, I'll go with my missus or whatever. But for me, and like like for yourself, like you've got kids. Um, for me, I like over eighteens, hardcore, extreme violence and bloodshed and stuff. 
ICW does have that as as over 18s. But mm. I think with ICW at the minute, like aside from there being a bit of swearing and stuff, it's not like extreme. If you know what I mean, it's not yeah. deathmatch wrestling really. So that's that that's been that's been down south. So that's where I've been. Yeah, that, that makes, all makes sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was at, I was at FCW and oh, I was wandering around like a blue arse flea anyway because I, I, I arrived later than I planned and then I needed to try and get. Oh, Jump just... trouble getting into the building. No, well, I got I got in easy enough <laughs> uh, because because they they afforded me. I was allowed to go in a bit earlier so I could do interviews. But by the time I got there, everyone was planning matches. And I was like, I'm not really wanting to grab folk and go. Oh, see see this important thing that you're getting paid to do. Why don't you come away for it for two minutes so you can dick about with me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so I didn't end up getting one one interview for that whole hour. I got in early, and then I was like, "Fuck this! It's been this is uh, Dundee, that oh, shithole." Right, anyway. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, good show. It was a good show, though. Very good show for me. So I, I, I'm not saying that they were crap. They were I think crap. it was. This is just me. I think it was bookended by two great matches. Absolutely. Um, going to speak about probably the next match. I think you might mention is uh, Mister Fucking Yunji Maki against uh, H.D. Drake. Um, H.D. Drake, somebody who's been wrestling down in England, he runs his own wrestling school. Um, he is class, he's been over in TNT. He also does uh, the ring for the show, is also H.D. Drake's. Um, so we've got him, he does the Northern Grafter as his wrestling school, and he's wrestled everywhere in England. I think he might have been up in ICW. I think he was, yeah. I think he may have done that tournament as well. He's a name that I recognise from WCPW. When yeah, they, when they ran as well, so he's he's a guy that I've a recognisable name at the very least. I have heard of HD Drake, uh, in and about. So yeah, Yuen Jimaki is one of those guys that is one of those kind of polarising figures because because of stuff that happened in twenty twenty. He, he his name kind of got dragged a little bit through it, uh, yeah, yeah. but but uh, but he's still putting in hell of work in FCW and his match against Zach Dynamite was oh brilliant. <laughs> it was great, but Yuen's one of these people. Where he lives in my hometown, I'm from Kirkcaldy. Hmm. Uh, I've known you in from like what, maybe 15 years, maybe more than that, and like from nights out and meeting him out and fucking kitties and society and things like that. Uh, dated reference probably for saying kitties because it just went on fire a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, Ewan's one of these people where I've seen him and his promos, and I'm like, yeah, he's fucking great. And um, I think that I think that he would excel. And not necessarily in death matches, but I think he would excel in uh, an over 18s environment. Mm-hmm. And I think if you give Yunji Maki um, the opportunity in the mic, that he could be a right horrible little bastard when he wants to be. Um, I think yeah. so. I think that's that's the that's the plan um, for having Yuan and is just to sort of give him something else, something to like bite his teeth into. And because uh, he's an excellent wrestler, and he, he can, my Christ, can he talk as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very uh, yeah. Was- Eloquent with his words, as uh, which clearly I am not, because I, bun- I stumbled over <laughs> the word eloquent. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 the two normal, quote unquote, mm. normal matches that we have uh, lined up already. Um, so let's just get into the into the name ones because yeah, we have, yep. I've got questions, and I realised that we're we're coming up to an hour already. We're just oh, sorry, we'll take, take all, all the time you want, all the time you want. So we've got, we'll start with the bundled up and overboard death match uh, with Iceman, who is a Scottish wrestling veteran. He, he used to come up here quite a lot for I think uh, he was WCL champion, I think. I think he was, yeah. He, rest, he did wrestle his son in WCL very recently as well. I think it was oh, yeah. May last year, I think it was. Uh, but anyway, Iceman versus Clint Margera, who again, I've, he's wrestled up here a couple of times as well. So Iceman, Clint Margera, bundled up and overboard 
death match. What's that? So just before we go into this, Iceman, Clint Margera, if you were going to make a Mount Rushmore of UK deathmatch wrestling, they are two people that would be on it without question. You couldn't really... Iceman's been bleeding since before a lot of the guys who are wrestling on this card were even like alive. <laughs> Iceman's, a, Iceman's a legend. He had the best match I've ever seen live in my life this year in February where his son nailed his ear to a ring. He got a wooden block out and nailed his ear to a ring with a hammer and nails. It was the best thing I've ever seen live, um, which might make me a bit fucked in the head. But anyway, but this is, uh, for these two guys who have both been doing death matches for so long, they've never wrestled each other, which I find bizarre and shocking. If this is the first time ever matched, they've never wrestled each other. Bundled up and overboard uh, just because of the flag. kind of looks like a pirate flag. Um, basically, it is light tube bundles, and there's going to be four boards in the ring. Uh, probably with things such as razor blades, knives, uh, barbed wire, and uh, things called gusset plates as well. So it's going to be boards and then bundles of light tubes that are duct taped up. That's the stipulation. I've just tried to be a bit creative with the names because, um, maybe not for yourself, but for somebody who watches death matches almost every day, uh, I am so sick of just seeing light tubes every match. Yeah. Light tubes, light tubes, light tubes, light tubes, light tubes, light tubes, doors. Doors, doors, light tubes, light tubes, and there's no stipulations. I like a bit of stipulations because it splits up everything and it makes individual matches stand out. Whereas if you've just got five matches and they've all just got light tubes and it all just blurs together. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that's the match. Light tube bundles and uh, ultraviolet boards, pretty much. Right. <laughs> that's the first one that yeah. we're going through. And I'm already feeling a bit, oh, razor blades. Let's just, okay, stick a sec. Uh... <laughs> it's fun, it's fun. I'm sure it is. Uh, no, I mean, it, it does. It sounds fun for for that for those to, that to kind of position. I don't. It's I don't fun, but not, not for the family. Fun, but not for the family. That's that's what we'll say. Go for that. All right. Uh, so we've got uh, next up the. Uh, I'm going to butcher the word as well. Uh, to pay to the to pay fists and thumb that. Fuck's sake. To pay it's fists fun. and thumbtacks, kick pads, death fight. Lou Nixon, who we've mentioned, and yeah. uh, Dean Ford. Dean Ford is a guy who I've been familiar with now from, basically, uh, Lou is going to be on the show regardless. And um, the person that Lou was originally going to wrestle was uh, double booked. And I said to Lou, I said, Lou, I was like, who the fuck do you want to fight? Who do you want to fight? It's your decision. And he mentioned to me Dean Ford. So this is, um, without being vulgar, this is Dean Ford popping his deathmatch cherry, as it were, um, uh, against Lou Nixon, who has got fucking boxing and MMA background and everything and so does Dean Ford, Dean Ford's the prize fighter um, so we're going to put glass all over their fists broken glass on the tape and they're going to have kick pads with thumbtacks on them and it's going to be a death fight <laughs> so that's uh, that's going to be that for. so I think pretty much what I want to do with Lou Nixon and with Dean Ford as well is just because they've got the MMA boxing background is to make their matches fights not matches right, type okay. thing but yeah, but it's a first time ever match, and um, it was at Lou Nixon's request, and Lou Nixon knows what he's talking about, so I was like, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, Dean Ford's first ever death match against Lou Nixon, Taipei fists and thumbtacks. I have heard of Taipei. That was um, again, this is so nice. Oh, sorry, man. But I've, I've, it's, it's, it makes makes for ed education for everyone. But I've heard of Taipei fists. It was uh, Axel Rotten, Ian Rotten, they do that yes. kind of thing. It's yeah, the famous one. I think, but uh, back then they would just use broken beer bottles, which is I know this is trying to be sound. Death match wrestling isn't safe, mm -hmm. but now you can get a little bit better with uh, broken glass as opposed to using broken beer bottles because that's slightly more dangerous and f 
quite unhygienic <laughs> as well for, for using broken beer bottles. But yeah, so um, it'll, be, it'll be good for uh, Dean Ford as well, who's somebody who I've seen a lot more of now um, since you got mentioned to me by Lou, but he's he's all gung-ho for doing it. So yeah, because I think that's that's been a lot of what I've wanted to do because um, obviously there's not a lot of Scottish guys on the show, but I want Scottish guys who are good enough and who want to do the ultraviolence stuff, that yeah. there is an actual place to do it, where they can be tested against the best in the in the UK and see if they're actually fit the mould type thing. That's it. The, the wanting to do it is probably the most important thing, because yeah. if, if you want someone who's just there for a booking, and you go, okay, you're doing a you're doing a, t- a, t- a tape fist, thumbtacks, kit pack, yeah. they go, oh... <laughs> No, that's the, it's, I'm it's not the, doing it's that. A select mindset of people that enjoy the violence. Look at uh, looking sharp, one of them as well, who like the bloodshed and like the violence and like the extreme stuff and everything. So I think there has to there there certainly will be people in Scottish wrestling who are good enough that maybe don't even know about the promotion or whatever. But eventually, as we move into next year and go forward, that though there is a place for them to do it and be tested against people like. Big Joe or Lou Nixon, who are the best, like who are traveled to America and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, Death in a Box, Death Match, Triple Threat, uh, Tomby uh, versus BA Rose versus Jack Bennett. So, Jack Bennett's a guy who wrestles in Lincoln. Um, he's over in Japan next month to wrestle for a company called Dai, D I E, which is the best name you could have for a company, a Japanese Deathmatch, no ring company. Yep. Um, B.A. Rose is a great wrestler who's wrestled Rise, TNT and things like that and uh, Tombe uh, is another guy who's been in Kumite and uh, sticks tattoo needles in people's heads and stuff like that um, so basically <laughs> what we're going to have is we're going to have boxes in each of the corners and in each individual box there's going to be mystery weapons shall we say of a sharp pointy nature Right. Um, there's going to be four different boxes and they're all going to have uh, various different things. But like I've said, Tombe uses tattoo needles. Jack Bennett uses syringes. So there might be a chance of either of them being in any of the boxes, but we, we won't know that until the show. <laughs> so that's kind of like, I'm, I'm just making sure I've got the right uh, reference, but from WCW, Booker T won the world title in uh, something 49ers, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, I- yeah. My brain's going Glasgow. I thought that's not right. Definitely not that. Uh, but that's, yeah, the, the, yeah that, that kind of up, idea. I hung up on the thing on the. It was yeah. like a box and a pole, and he wins the world title, and it falls out the ring. Ah, that's that's the one. So that <laughs> kind of idea, but you know, the boxes will be a bit more solid, and they'll have scarier yeah, the, things. The, the box, they'll be in. They'll be like underneath the corner. So they'll basically be. Like, um, it's just sort of mystery weapons, but that will be the way that um, the show is going to run. That will be the first. Uh, death match of the evening will be the death in the box death match. Right. Okay. So a nice, nice little uh, for those for those that aren't sure and see that they go, yeah, this is not for me. That's that's <laughs> their kind of that's their point where they can go. That's, that's the thing oh, is okay. <laughs> uh, when you see that match, that'll be the first death match of the show. So we're gonna pretty much do um, a couple of the non-death matches to start with, and then we're gonna have a break. That'll be the first death match of the night. Um, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much going to be the test in waters for people who are there that have never seen it to be like, yeah, this might not be for me. But for other people, they might think, holy fuck, this is great. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll never know until the night. Absolutely. Uh, so we've also got the. I don't. I, 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 is there any other interviews you've done for this so far that you're quote that, that the person that's interviewing you has winced when you've been speaking about uh, the not, not not yet. Not yet. Some. Um, I've done one with. Uh, in fact, no, yeah, I've done one with um, 
the guy from the Soul Sessions did one with yeah. him, and he was the same. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think what match, which match are you talking about next? I'm trying to think what would make you wince for it. Oh no, man, just in general when you're talking right, about, yeah. about it, anything, <laughs> right? But uh... yeah, it's like what you said. Like, um, you're in a bubble. I'm in a deathmatch bubble where 95% yeah. of the interactions I have with people in wrestling is all to do with deathmatches. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, but then you forget that when you actually meet, like when I was flyering yesterday, you meet like quote unquote normal people. They're like, what the fuck is that? And you try and explain to them and they're like, no, 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 oh, absolutely not. But some people have been quite perceptive to it. Yeah. Uh, and the, but the, when you said, I wonder what the next match is. Yeah, this, that's actually kind of hits, hits the, the wincing uh, button. Grass is always bloodier on the other side. Alton Thorne and Jack Harrop. Uh, Jack being Iceman's son. Yeah, Iceman's son. Like it's his sur- surname. Iceman's son. Um, yeah. I-, I saw cactuses. You've put yeah, on yeah, your social was... media of cactus, so I'm assuming that's the grass <laughs> section of yeah. the, the, the thing. Spoiler for that, we've got cactuses. Uh, Alton Thorne's um, weapon of choice is nettles. He brings nettles and puts nettles in the ring and puts people in people's mouths and stuff. Al- Alton Thorne's another guy from Kumite. <laughs> um, so we've got nettles. Um, Alton Thorne's great, by the way. A, lot of, a big shout to Alton Thorne. He's, he's one of the best in the country. I love Alton Thorne. Uh, we've got nettles, cactuses, uh, terracotta pots, which is a new thing we started using. Um, we've also got weed whackers. Um, as well, so <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's one of the matches that I think it'll be. There's also going to be various other different things as well. Um, but that's one of the ones where, obviously, Jack's Iceman's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he beat his dad at that match. I said was like the best thing I've ever seen. But I think he's wanting to like go on his own and do his own thing, and uh, sort of build his own legacy. And I think that same with Alton Thorn. Um, and I think that this, that will probably be one of the most sort of insane matches on, on the night um, but yeah but Jack's um, like job through the day is uh, he's a landscape gardener as well huh. so he's got he's got weed whackers and rakes and all sorts of shit so yeah right okay <laughs> uh, that's actually the one that's brought a tear to my eye there the nettles <laughs> so it's the nettles out of everything you've went through nettles was the one that went oh no no I remember I just, when I first saw Alton Thorne he was at TNT it was a, a replacement he wrestled Clint Margera and he brought this big fucking black bag out. And I was like, what's in this bag? And he pulled out nettles. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, I've never seen that. Like, for me, for watching, like, the same with Iceman's getting his uh, ear nailed to the ring. For somebody that's watched death matches for, like, 20-odd years, I've never seen that. So if it's something I've never seen, I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But yeah, they both, they both got sort of, and plus his name's Alton Thorne. They're both sort of very um, garden-centric people, I would say. So it's just a fancy way of saying it's a garden death match, really. But I wanted yeah. to give them, I wanted to give them big fancy names just to make them stand out. Absolutely. Um. So for for as someone who's watched death match wrestling for a long time, I, I'm not going to pull the curtain too far back here. But when you see something like a, a weed whacker getting thrown in there, do you? And you don't need to tell me. I'm happy never to know. But <laughs> do you, do you know how it how it's kept as safe as possible? There's there's ways you can take um, the 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 spinning. It's, it's not a blade. It's like a sort of like plastic thing that they would oh, use. Oh yeah, aye. okay. Yeah. Things you can take that off to make it put something in replacement of that mm-hmm. to make it more safe. However, some places don't do that, and yeah. you'll see people get hit with weed whackers, and there's massive massive scars all over them. It's it's more um, it's more up to the guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more it's, it's and- the same sort of with. With deathmatch wrestling, 
um, it's up to them. It's it's more like for a lot of these a lot of these matches, a lot of the stuff's like been my idea. But obviously, with asking them, because yeah. you would never expect anybody to do anything they didn't want to do. Um, but like everybody's been happy with everything I've said so far. Um, so yeah, I feel it's... like deathmatch wrestling has got the highest rate of this consent. It's, it's the probably the, the highest level of consent you have to have because wrestling itself is still you got to look after your opponents. But this is bringing in things that that can go very wrong very yeah, quickly definitely. if it's not if you're not confident in doing it like a like a weed whacker like i remember it was a sick nick mondo that had his chest yeah. much ripped open by a weed whacker and I'm against and, the uh, people what a match that's, that's, <laughs> uh so yeah it, it must be just for for again outside looking in when you're meeting all these norm normies they don't know about deathmatch wrestling and they're looking at it going oh my god that's, disgust that's disgusting it's it's it doesn't look safe, but you've it's, got guys on the show that are veterans that know how to do it in an entertaining, safest possible way, even though it's still going to be it's the, it's the, the thing, like, next day. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with, like, even if there isn't weapons, like, even going back to a couple of weeks ago in AW, uh, John Moxley got dropped in his head, got mm -hmm. a concussion. Like, injuries can happen whether there's weapons there or not. Obviously, there's there's a high chance of, like, obviously more blood and bleeding and stuff like that. But um, all the guys are trained professionals. I wouldn't have anybody do stuff that isn't trained and isn't like doesn't know what they're doing type thing. Yeah. Also, we've also got we've also got medics, so it's the it, it's the safest possible way um, to do stuff like that. Because I would never ever run a show without medics there, regardless if it's deathmatch or otherwise. Because yeah. worst thing that could possibly happen is somebody who's you're employing, who you're actually like friends with, and you know you're their boss gets hurt. On one of your shows, and you don't have anybody there. So yeah, we've got my, uh, medics there, and uh, even if people are getting hit with weed whackers, they're being hit with weed whackers in the safest possible way. <laughs> if that's such a thing. Oh, I love it. I am learning so much. Uh, some of it, <laughs> some of it may haunt my nightmares, but you know, it's, uh, I'm learning. Uh, before we get to the main event, then of of the the Holyrood Hellscape, again, I have lots of questions about. Uh, we've got as announced, but nobody announced for. We've got the the fucking scramble match. Uh, and Darwin invades. I don't know if these are two things that are going to correlate. Uh, they, they, are, they are separate things. I don't know if you've seen the, the promos um, that the good Dr. Leonardo Darwin did um, where we had him in London dressed as William Wallace. Did you see any of that? I've seen a couple of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was probably one of the most fun days I've ever had filming anything. Um, yeah, so we've got, he's basically coming in to invade. Uh, he'll be doing a promo in the ring, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, but the scramble match is, it's going to be a straight match. It's just going to be basically a multi-man scramble. Um, but it was more to do with GCW always have a scramble match. Every single show a scramble match. So I just thought I'd make it one better and call it a fucking scramble match. And uh, I think as we're into October now, probably in the next like, couple of weeks, I'll probably announce some of the names for that match. Um, but it'll be well. The first announced name for it is Davy Blaze will be in the scramble match, and then there'll be other people get added as we go further in. Well, a little scoop for me, unless uh, he told Soul Sessions and he gets out before I do. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> a little scoop there. So, so that was kind of yeah. That's that's pretty much what we've got going on. Then we've got the main event, which is the four-way Holyrood Hellscape Death Match uh, with Big F and Joe. Uh, you, you put on the graphics as effing, you know, just keep PG, but it's big fucking Joe. Uh, Danny mm -hmm. Darko, Michael Caden, and Neil Diamond Cutter. Excellent name. 
uh, for that one. Hellscape Death. I'm assuming this is just going to just be a balls to the wall, fucking yes, everything involved. Uh, Neil Diamond Cutter is a legend uh, in deathmatch wrestling. He won Prince of the Death in 2009. And if anybody wants to look up him and John Moxley having a drunken deathmatch, just type in John Moxley drunk deathmatch. He wrestles Neil Diamond Cutter, and he's John Moxley's wasted out of his face screaming "Sweet Caroline." So that's Neil Diamond Cutter's theme song, "Sweet Caroline." He comes out to that. Um, so Neil's been a friend of mine for about. 10, 15 years, just speaking online. And uh, he would be the first person. He That match and the show is his UK debut. Uh, the first time he's ever been to the UK. So I've got him coming over from America. Um, this year already, he's already been to Australia and Japan to do death matches. Um, so we've got Neil making his UK debut. And the other three guys are collectively known as the Deathmatch Outlaws, um, are three of the best and most sort of recognisable deathmatch guys in the UK. So yeah. The, the hellscape, um, I might do some spoilers for that, but it's going to be mental. We have never seen anything like it in Scotland for the setups for what we're going to have for that match. But that's going to be, in a couple of weeks bef- time, me and my mate are going to have wood and saws and drills and we're going to be making some pretty fucked up stuff for that match. But yeah, I just called it Holyrood Hellscape because it's in Edinburgh. Fair enough. That's right. Was, was there anything about Edinburgh in particular? It was just... Because you saw the name of the dissection room, which, which is perfect for what you're doing. Was, I think, how, um, why just for me, I think um, I didn't want to do Glasgow um, because obviously we've got ICW's like over 18's company there. Hmm. I think Edinburgh's pretty much got Discovery. Discovery's a family show. Yeah, but never ever run purposely like at the same time as Discovery or IC or, or any other sort of Scottish wrestling company as well, to be honest. Try and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but Edinburgh was just because it's the capital <laughs> and uh, I, I work there <laughs> i work in edinburgh oh, yeah, so. and, uh, i work maybe my work's 10 minutes walk away from summer hall um but uh, i that was the 30th venue of 30 venues that i went into to try and get the show in but a lot of them said yeah a lot of them were like yeah yeah because that's that's i mean obviously people run a wrestling show is a bit different when you're like yeah by the way people are going to be bleeding all over the floor there's going to be glass everywhere like yeah a lot of people are kind of like, eh, no, we're not going to have that in our venue, fuck off. But um, yeah, a lot of places were like, yeah, it's fine. But the places were just far, far too small to fit right. like a 16 by 16 foot ring in. It wasn't like feasible. So the summer hall, they were like, yep, you can do it. The dissection room's pretty big. It's got a balcony. And uh, the name just, I didn't even think about the name until afterwards. <laughs> and uh, I messaged somebody and they're like, that's a cool name for a deathmatch show in a dissection room. I was like, oh yeah, that is actually. Yeah, they, they just, uh, Summer Hall were like, yep, you can do whatever you want as long as the place is clean after you're finished. Um, and just a plug for the show, there's a full bar as well, so which is always nice. Cool. I was just about to check, see what other shows are on that day, and very awkwardly, I have not put the show in my calendar. So I'm going <laughs> to, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be on our event calendar. I just forgot to put it there. Um, like, there's, there's a lot of Scottish wrestling and there's a lot of different wrestling companies in Scotland. Like, from starting doing this, I've discovered that more. Obviously, there's, like, WrestleZone up beside you. There's FCW. There's FPWA. There's uh, W3L. ICW. Like, there's a lot of Scottish wrestling. Um, but that's what I think that this this show and potentially further shows into next year uh, is going to be something completely different from all of that. Because yeah. aside from ICW, everything else is family-friendly pretty much. That's it. People, when this show was announced, and I was kind of I'm in a whether I was going to feature it because I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know you. That's pretty much the yeah, most no, no, of my thing. 
which which but I spoke to Mark Leslie, who who I know is a big deathmatch guy. And I, I messaged him straight away and just went, right, this company, is it well, is the guy like mm. legit? Is he or is yeah. he a bit dodgy? Uh, he was just like, No, well, this guy's this guy's, this guy's good. Perfectly fine, man. No, I, Mark Leslie, shout out to Mark Leslie. Mark will be helping out the show as well. Uh, Mark's one of these people that I just started speaking to online and like I've made a lot of friends through just our, our love of deathmatch wrestling and I'm, I'm good friends with Mark now message him like nearly every day but yeah Mark Leslie's ace and he managed to get me maybe 500 light tubes that I've now got in my attic <laughs> so so Mark's Mark's have been helping it a lot with the show yeah but no no it's, it's fine because it's the sort of thing where a lot of the people like say like FPWA is like a relatively young company mm-hmm. but it's obviously run by Andy Roberts like yeah. all these people that run all these companies have been around for a long time, but nobody really knows who I am, which is fine because why would they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm I'm always in the case where where also talent ebook is uh, I tr- like we mentioned looking sharp, and I'm all as I always always love looking sharp. I I trust his judgment where he goes. I think because yeah. he's 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 clued up enough to know to, to background check everything kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, so when I saw he was announced, I was like, I'm fairly I'm I'm pretty safe with having you guys on anyway. <laughs> But seeing looking sharp pop up there, I was like, ah, I'll be fine. That's all good. Yeah. That's all good. If you had like, uh, there's, a, there's Ravy Davy as well, who who obviously big on TikTok and stuff like that. He's, he's the other guy where I kind of look at and go, right, is he is he working the show? Well, he's not going to jeopardize his brand working at a show that's run yeah, by yeah, no, someone unruly. Uh, so it, it's just one of those one of those wee, wee things there. But I'm glad that it, it like you say, it's different. People have asked why why. Or what what my thoughts are, and my my answer is mainly the same. Is it's not my style, but I know there's a niche for it. There's an audience for it, so people yeah. will go. And it's not interrupting disco. It's not interrupting WTL oh, no, like because it's not the same kind of product. It's wrestling, but it's, it's not that wrestling. So it's 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 there's there's nothing like it in Scotland. It's not. I don't want to run. Purp- I mean, obviously, it's, there's going to be times when people book shows in advance and you end up running the same day as another company and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, with a lot of the Deathmatch fans, with a lot of the people that are already coming to this show are the same people that go to all the Rise shows, go all the committee shows, go to all the TNT shows. Um, so I would never ever purposely run against them either because it's just not good for business. Yeah. Why would I want to run the same day as Rise when we essentially use a lot of the same people and a lot of the same fans go? It's, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, you do get that in America sometimes where companies run purposely like head to head with each other and you're like why <laughs> why are you doing that like why not run the day after or run in the afternoon or something like you surely want to get as much money as possible and give the fans the best experience so I don't yeah I don't get that I, I'll, I want to try and like um, there was a panic I did have in my head though when I booked it obviously I booked this fucking what July this year mm-hmm. um, I booked it in the venue I, in my head, I thought I was like, ICW are going to announce Fear and Loathing on the, the Sunday after my show. <laughs> I thought I was, I was like, I was like, oh God, because I was like, if anybody's going to pick a show in Scotland, they would pick ICW because it's ICW. Yeah. And I, this is a completely new thing. They know what they're going to get type thing. But then they announced it for December. I was like, oh, thank God. Because usually they would run um, uh, Fear and Loathing in November. Mm. Uh, end of November-ish kind of thing. Yeah. So I, was like, I was like, oh no, just because the way that they were sort of running their uh, pay-per-views was like one every couple of months. Yeah. And I was like, right, they've done shocks. I was like, oh Christ. I was like, they're going to announce it the day after the show. I was like, oh fuck. But then they announced it for December. So that was quite good. <laughs> right. Well, we've, we've run through the card and we've, we've found out a bit more about yourself. So we'll do one final plug and for all the, all the good stuff. And then we'll, we'll go and about our day. 
and I can do yeah. my very little editing that I do. So, <laughs> so for those that are interested, that have heard all that, and want to find out more, they can go to bleedinggums.co.uk for all the information and all the links and forever social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for one final run through, Bleeding Gums Wrestling, the Ultraviolence Referendum, 18th of November, 2023, uh, taking place at the Dissection Room in Summerhall, Edinburgh. Uh, run through the whole card. Nathan Black versus Liu Kang Sharp. Yun G Maki versus HD Drake. A bundled up and overboard death match. Iceman versus Iceman. Why am I, why am I treating it like his surname? Iceman, because I've written it down as Iceman, uh, uh, versus Clint Margera. Uh, to paid fists and thumbtacks, kick pads, death fight. I said it right. Blue Nixon versus Death Dean. Damn it. And I said Death Ford. Blue uh, Nixon versus Death Ford there. Uh, death in a box, death match, triple threat. Uh, Tumbe versus BA Rose versus Jack Bennett. Uh, should have practiced all this beforehand. Grass is always bloodier <laughs> on the other side. Deathmatch, Alton Thorne versus Jack Harrop. We've got the fucking scramble match to be announced uh, competitors. And a four-way Holyrood Hellscape deathmatch. Big F and Joe versus Danny Darko versus Michael Caden and Neil Diamond Cutter. Doors open 5.30 VIP, 6pm general. Bell time 6.30 for general admission. And tickets are available on Eventbrite. Very cool. Perfect. Thank you for that, man. Appreciate uh, that. Yes, uh, so I, I hope I hope to see a lot. The tickets are doing quite well. Um, I think that we're definitely, I don't think we'll get a sellout for the first show, but there's always room uh, to grow. But I think it's definitely doing a lot better than I expected. Um, a lot of the flyering and stuff has been helping massively. But yeah, get get your tickets. I'll guarantee there won't be anything like it in Scotland. <laughs> Absolutely oh. not. There, there won't be. It's, it's exactly like you said. It's going to be different. Um, and it's going to be something that we've not had in Scotland. Um, which is quite handy, and I'm I'm quite I'm, and I'm very 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 proud of deathmatch wrestling, and I defend it uh, to the to the bitter end. So yeah, I'm very very happy to be doing this, and uh, hopefully all the fans do as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today, and uh, good luck to the show. And I'm looking forward to to find out the results and seeing some pictures and cringing at some videos. Going, oh my god, no, it's <laughs> definitely not for me. But uh, about the crowd reaction, I'm sure will outweigh my my, uh, my wincing. Uh, but no, love it. Thank you very much. No worries, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Uh-huh.